Hey there, and thank you for listening to the Dream Center Peoria podcast. Dream Center Peoria exists to impact families living in poverty, starting with kids and youth. If you want to learn more about what we're up to at the Dream Center, you can find us online at dreamcenterpeoria.org or on social media at Dream Center Peoria. Thanks for listening. Well, hi, my name's Andy, and welcome to the Dream Center podcast. Uh, As you know, we've been doing uh, some different podcasts called New Reality. Uh, It's a series that we're doing, just really highlighting many different people within the community, whether that's within the Dream Center community or the community as a whole. And so uh, this week uh, is... Uh, Volunteer Appreciation Week in America. And so uh, we wanted to highlight uh, some volunteers that we have working with us uh, and also hear about their stories of life change as far as once they've got involved, how it's not only what they're giving to the Dream Center, but also what what they get uh, out of it. They don't do it because of that, but just it's one of those things that happens when you start serving people you got blessed as well. So today we're doing it a little bit different. Uh, we have uh, Sherry Ernst with us, who you'll remember from our uh, last podcast, uh, who's our volunteer coordinator, and also she does a lot of things with church relations. Sherry, how are you doing? Good. I see you've gone outside for today. Gone outside for today. <laughs> no dog barking today. Okay, good. <laughs> Sherry, do you want to introduce our guest that's with us today? Sure. Uh, We've got Ursula Town with us, and she has volunteered at the Dream Center in many different capacities. And we just want to thank her and find out more about Ursula and uh, what she does at the Dream Center, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Ursula, welcome. Uh, We uh, at the Dream Center have seen you around Uh, in many different areas Um, and the area that you're really working in now isn't the area that you started with Um, can you can you give us a bit of a background to um, your life and how how you got connected to the dream center and that type of thing Uh, because I think people find that really intriguing Okay. First of all, thank you. I appreciate being honored like this. This is really great. A little bit awkward, I guess, trying to get used to these Zoom meetings, but this is really fun. So I started working for Caterpillar back in 1995. I've been a mechanical engineer working for them for quite a long time. Um, It was about four years ago, though, while I was working for LPSD. So I'm in the Engine Development Center here in Mossville. And my management was looking for volunteers. They're like, hey, you know, you've got this volunteer. Something that Caterpillar uh, encourages its employees to go out and use this volunteer day every year. And so they were making opportunities. Um, a couple of representatives in my management, uh, Jonathan Kilkenny, David Milam, very heavily involved in the Dream Center. Um, they created these opportunities where we could go down to do construction work, which is something, I'm a mechanical engineer. I love doing construction. I was like, hey, this is perfect for me. And so I signed up right away and had that opportunity. So as I got into it, you know, I'd never even honestly heard of the Dream Center. <laughs> really unfortunate. I walked in and I was like, oh my goodness, this is really awesome. Like I found out a little bit about your story. I got a tour of the facilities. I thought your mission was a really awesome one. Um, after I got done with the construction project, I thought to myself, ding, ding, kind of a little light went on. 
I work for uh, the Society of Women Engineers. I'm part of that as well in the area. Um, I do a lot of outreach, and this is youth outreach to try to get kids involved in STEM programming where we could really kind of spark that interest in science and learning. And I said, they've got a kids program. They've got the Project 309 there. So I got a hold of Robbie Chris initially, and I worked out a schedule so that we could come in and on Fridays during the school year when they've got the aftercare um, that my people, uh, meaning my volunteers that I would organize, would bring our projects, our programs, our experiments, and we would go ahead and, and get these kids interested in science. And actually, it's just grown from there. It's, it's amazing. We've had so many... Um so so many cat engineers that have got involved with us in, in many different ways uh you know with yourself um it's funny we had mike hazelbush on just a few weeks back who now heads up part of our trade school when he first came to the dream center we actually were trying to get him involved in math and science because we thought the engineer is going to want to do that but mm -hmm. actually it was something completely different that really uh, drove him to really stay connected with us. With you, it's a bit of the flip. We had you with construction, <laughs> and then you're like, hey, I wanna do some of the sciences and everything else. And I know, Sherry, you've been involved with Ursula, uh, yep. with the groups. Let's just talk a little bit first about the groups, because it's really interesting how Caterpillar have really allowed groups to come, and you like, head up a lot of this we, we have many groups from many different organizations that come but sherry do you just want to talk a bit about that um the groups that come and how ursula's group you know can have may have five one week but may have 25 another week and and right. how we how we put people in the best places during that time right well we kind of plan out with ursula and her group we kind of at the beginning of the year look at each month and say okay what could this group possibly do help us with this month and i know i think the first time i ever met ursula was building shelves and uh she and her group uh they built shelves for the hope store but they have uh, painted they have done wood walls they've worked out in veggie city um gosh what else ursula i know you guys have done so much uh to help them yeah we had a lot of volunteers help with moving the shelter when you guys had that's right like remodeling. Yeah, that seemed like a really big win. Everybody was super excited about that one. Yeah, a lot of construction, a lot of paint, a lot of gallons of paint. <laughs> Lots of paint. Lots of paint. And those beds, when we moved the shelter, um, the cat group came in and disassembled the beds and then reassembled them. Uh, and then when we moved back up to the shelter, some of the same volunteers came. So it was awesome um, to see that. And they really, they're engineers. So they had a system by tearing those beds down, then they got it where they could fit more than one in the elevator. It was uh, really cool to see them working together. Yeah, that really seat of your pants, intense project management, that's what we live for as engineers. Oh, oh yeah. And, and I remember that um, because we had such a, a, a tight timeline, um, just to let people know what happened. We, we were about to do a renovation of two floors of the Dream Center, turning it into this huge homeless shelter. We already had a homeless shelter on one floor with about 70 beds, um, but we had to expand because we were getting so many people every night. Uh, we went from a dining space of 56 square feet to 1,200 square feet 
uh, with the expansion. So you can see why we had to do it. The hard thing for us was we wanted to carry on keeping, uh, helping people and treating people with dignity, compassion, and purpose. Even in the midst of a huge construction project, which was over a million dollars. So one of the things that we had to do was try and figure out where do we put all of our homeless guests during the construction. And so at the Dream Center, if you've ever been there, we have uh, an old YMCA building that we purchased, an eight-story YMCA building. And we um, converted, it used to be a swimming pool. We had converted that into an auditorium. We then, for this time, converted the auditorium into uh, a huge homeless shelter. And so Ursula and her team had, as soon as everyone got up at 8 o'clock in the morning out of those beds, we then had to dismantle all of these beds, then take them down um, an elevator, which took time in itself, then took them into this huge room, then reassemble everything ready for people to be in bed that night. And I'll be honest with you, I lost a lot of hours sleep <laughs> leading up to that, thinking how are we going to get all these beds torn down? I know how long it takes me to tear down one of my kids' beds. And so I, I was thinking, how are we going to get these bunk beds done? And you guys did it so quick. It was amazing. And, uh, and that's the type of thing that um, I want people to, to hear from a lot of the podcasts that we do with volunteers. It may seem real simple, taking a bolt out of a bunk bed and taking it apart, but literally that was part of the dignity side of what we do at the Dream Center. The alternative of that was telling you know, 70 or 80 homeless folks, hey, tonight you're going to have to go somewhere else because the beds aren't set up. But because of the CAT team and because your leadership, we were able to get everyone back in in time. Uh, and on the flip side of that, once the homeless shelter was built, not only did we have to move the 70 beds upstairs, we, we actually took it to 125. So we actually had to make more beds as well and get them up there. So, um, I just appreciate you for that project alone. <laughs> um, but, but from that, I, I want to just tap into some of the other things that you're doing now. You talked about the STEM uh, project and the sciences and, and our after-school program, Project 309. Can you just talk a little bit about what you do on those days when you're in? So Absolutely. Um, just to tell you a little bit about myself and how I even got interested in sharing that kind of thing with the community. So I have two boys. I was a single mom for a long time. And my younger son, very into science, uh, he was the first guy to figure out how to send me any videos and say, hey, look at this. We need to be doing this. This is a science, you know, all those science experiments that they're always doing on the internet. He was like, these are 10 experiments. We have to do all of these. And so it got so we were doing this so often it was actually his idea. He's like, you know, a lot of kids out there would benefit from this. And so with that, that's how the whole Society of Women Engineers outreach, that's how I got into that. Uh, and so, of course, I, I twigged on to you guys. And, of course, we wanted to take that to you guys because that's exactly, you know, the, the underserved people of our community. Or maybe they don't have science in their school. They don't get to experience that. 
it's really important, I think, for those kids to have that same opportunity to see those same exciting experiments to really get them interested in it. And so I have to tell you, I mean, after probably the first time I tried to do it, <laughs> it was, I don't know, if it was, I wouldn't call it a failure necessarily, but we had tried to do over 100 kids were making or designing roller coasters <laughs> out of foam noodles. And it was such a loud, high energy environment. I'm surprised any of my volunteers ever wanted to come back and work. Was, was that in the gym? That was the. We had bullhorns. We were. <laughs> but see, but you made it fun though, and that's what <laughs> that's what connects the kids. It was a huge, high energy, very fun day, and I was like, you know, this is really good, but I think that we probably need to break it down so we can have more mentoring, more one-on-one -on -one opportunities. Maybe you don't have to shout above everybody else, you know, running around in a gymnasium. And so we ventured into the Hamilton rooms. And that's where things got really sticky because if you know anything about me, I like to bring marshmallows and slime and things like this. And so generally there's a lot of cleanup. And so it's really good that I've got good volunteers helping me with that. But when I take these things into the, the kids, maybe they just don't even get to do this at school or they don't get to do this at home. And so something where they can kind of just let it all go and I can really learn. And there's so many aha moments by students. Um, if I was to go into one of these experiments, I remember we were um, making soap one day and we were pouring the molds, you know, the kids were just amazed that you could actually, you know, make soap, melt, take soap, you know, bases, melt it, put it into any kind of a mold, make it smell every, like it was just really amazing for these kids to do this. And one of the girls was standing in what, it was Hamilton too, I think, and she looked out the window and she said, you know, I used to live here. And I said, really? She's like, yeah, I used to live in a room upstairs. And the little girl, seven years old or so, she said, yeah, we lived here for a while. And all of a sudden, they worked with my mom, and we got an apartment. So we live in an apartment now. And the little girl said, you know, we've got our act together so well, we're going to buy a house someday. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> and it even still gives me chills to think about that, to see, like, you know, this is the people that we're reaching in the community, that they've gone to your environment. They've learned so much there that they can kind of turn their life around and put it back on track. I mean, that's exciting, right? To see that the kids are part of that. Yeah, part and, and that's the great thing about what we see. You, you know, you, you said it. Um, kids can rebound or um, can adapt very well to, to what's going on in, in many areas. Even though there's a lot of hurt and pain within some of the experiences that the kids have, you 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 mentioned it right there. You you didn't know until this gal said, "Hey, I used to live here." Yeah. And and you as go you go through the dream center and the programs that we do. You, it's not until you start to really get one on one with people that you start to understand the story behind why they're at a project three hundred nine or they're in a homeless shelter. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things said about people who are homeless. And if you take the majority of um, the, the guests that we serve each and every day, you realize that we're all very close to actually being homeless. And, and I'll be honest with you, with the pandemic going on, um, there's a lot of people right now who don't know where their next check is going to come from uh, because they've been laid off because now they've got to pay a mortgage payment or a rent. And uh, I remember a story of, of someone in our shelter who used to work at Caterpillar 
And from one thing after another, her husband left. She then couldn't pay the mortgage. She went behind on that. She lost her job at CAT. And this thing just started trickling to where she's on the homeless shelter floor at the Dream Center. And yet we were able to come in, just like you said, there are so many people that step then in to be this new network for so many people, whether it's a kid with an after-school program, whether it's um, food, whether, you know, the Hope Store, whatever it may be, this network comes around so many people to help them get back into society. And even if that's doing a STEM project, that experience I know um, will live with that child for the rest of their lives. It's not so much making the soap, it's the person who's right next to her or him making the soap, and that connection is valuable. And I know you said there's a few aha moments. Is there any others aha moments that you've had while serving? Well, sorry, I always like to make the kids scream, like if it's something that goes pop or goes boom. <laughs> I don't know if those are exactly aha moments, but I know that, like you say, those are things that are going to stick with these kids for the rest of their lives. You know, I think it was one of those days, and you wouldn't necessarily think that this would be, for me, such a, a deep, meaningful moment, but we like to make slime. I think I probably personally have encouraged the filling of the whole, like, central area of Illinois here with slime. <laughs> There's a lot more slime here than there used to be. <laughs> so we had done it a few times. It's a very popular thing. Kids ask for it a lot because they like to be, they can take it with them, right? They can play with it wherever they're doing. It's a great, you know, kind of a mental stabilizer to just sit there and play with slime. And so kind of the foundation of what our program is, is, uh, and of course I've worked in collaboration with the University of 4-H Extension Office, Judy Schmidt. Um, so what they have is a program called Teen Teachers. And so they take a group of the older students and they teach them the skills that they can have to be leaders and to be able to be teachers to teach younger kids. And so in this way, I feel like I've kind of multiplied my volunteers because I actually use the older kids that attend Dream Center consistently and they actually turn into teachers. So it got to be the point in time where we had been, I think it was our third round of slime <laughs> and we were making amazing, really good quality magnetic slime. I mean, this is stuff that we probably ought to patent. It ought to be like Dream Center slime. And so Oh, it was so good. Uh, the older kids had no trouble tweaking that recipe to be able to make it just exactly the way they wanted it. And so they had such a like a, you know, internal awareness of what they needed to do from a chemistry standpoint that you could tell this is going to be with them forever. And someday kids are going to be grown up and in their own kitchens <laughs> teaching kids how to make slime because they know it. It's not just something that we're talking about on a day and it goes away. It's like this knowledge that all of a sudden, you know, they know how to make popcorn, they know how to make ice cream from scratch, they know how to, like all these different little skills. That's like an improvement of a quality of life somewhere in it. And it yeah. Person, like, I mean, that's better family lives for future families down the road that I don't even know about yet. Yeah. And, that, and that's so true. You, you just don't know, you don't know what you're, you're teaching it may think that you're teaching something like making ice cream or soap, but actually what the, what the child may be seeing is how to greet someone or how to look someone in the eye when they're talking, the, the soft skills that um, you don't really go out to teach that. But when, when the students are around others that do that, 
that's where things really you understand that you're not just teaching an object lesson you're actually teaching life yeah Uh, i feel like those leadership skills like you just said you know those teen teachers when they start helping a younger student it gets them so much awareness of just how to themselves to kind of look inside and be that leader that maybe they didn't think they could be that's it's really amazing actually to see that and that consistent attendance you know this is year after year now that we've seen back to this program yeah what um and me and sherry talk about this a lot um about some of the myths of serving at Nonprofits. Let's just say nonprofits, not just the Dream Center, but nonprofits. Um, things like, you know, it's dangerous. Uh, I'm working with a culture I've never been around before, so I, I don't know what to do. So I'm just not going to do it. Or things like I'm not qualified, or I'm not skilled enough, or what have I got? What What is? What would you say to encourage people to get involved with? volunteering i mean it can be the dream center that's who we're we're championing obviously but uh, as you know from our heart whatever we do at the dream center isn't all about the dream center it's it's really trying to better a city uh and so when it comes to volunteering what what would you say to encourage someone about volunteering Sure. I actually give this a lot of thought because I work with uh, different people in different aspects because I've got the construction side of things and I've worked with the STEM side of things. I've had people come up and ask me, you know, like, hey, this is what I know in my life. Like they have a skill and maybe it has nothing to do with construction. Maybe it's gardening or something. And I say, well, okay, you've got this skill. This is something that it's really quite valuable. You might not get paid for it, but this is something that could really improve your community. Here, this is an organization that would help you out with that, right? So. Like that's how you got, I think the master gardeners eventually got involved in Dream Center. So different people, you know, they were, this is what I do. This is what I can contribute. I think that's where they, how they brought it to the community. That's why, you know, for me, it's science, it's STEM related things. It's definitely that youth outreach, but that is everybody's cup of tea. Um, But also too, I would say that even within that, so, you know, we have these different opportunities that are STEM related, they're outreach related with youth. And some people maybe haven't worked in that environment at all. Maybe they, they just want to come watch, but they sit there and see those moments with the kids. And I think lots of times they learn things about their community that they didn't know. Like to even learn what these programs are and that they're going on, or even to just to get a little bit of a hint of what the life is like for the kids that attend programs at the Dream Center. I think there's been so much more learning on that side of things than it even has been maybe with the kids. Because yeah. people are now aware of what's going on in the community. I think that's a huge benefit. Massive, yeah. Yeah. Well, Sherry, why don't you give us the lowdown uh, on if people want to get involved. Uh, we've got so many areas of involvement from what we would call on-ramp type of ministries that are very easy to get involved, uh, whether that's construction and things like that, all the way to you know, we've got we've got some folks that are retired that um, are down at the Dream Center three, four days a week. Um, so, Sherry, can you tell us a little bit about um, ways people can stay connected? Obviously, with the Facebook page, if you want to talk about that, uh, and then also how they get involved on our website and things like that. Sure. So, the easiest way to get connected is to. Uh, go to our website, www.dreamcenterpure.org. 
Um, there's a volunteer here button. It sends information, just very basic information to me. Then I can get uh, the volunteer application and all necessary forms back to that person. And then we meet for a one-on-one -on -one to discuss what their interests are and what areas in Dream Center might best suit them. So yeah, there's areas with kids, there's areas with uh, our shelters ladies, uh, there's areas where you know it's more of a sorting type thing. Um, if you don't want to be around the public, you don't have to be around the public, but it just depends on that person's personality. We always try to match them with what volunteer opportunities we have at Dream Center and like with what, what Ursula did, you know, she had an idea to do this STEM program. We didn't have anything going, but she came to us and said, hey, I have this skill, I want to teach it. And now it's, you know, multiplied and she has lots of volunteers that come in and help her and the kids absolutely love it. Yeah. So that's good. Tell us about the Facebook page. Yep. So this is a volunteer week. So we, we have uh, volunteers that we're spotlighting um, throughout this month and part of next month. We have a lot of volunteers. So on our Facebook page, it's called DCP volunteers and people can go there and check out all of our awesome volunteers. Yeah. So, so just, uh, just go, you just go onto Facebook, type in DCP volunteers. And this is a page that is separate from our main Facebook page. We created it so that we could stay connected with volunteers quicker. If there was a, a huge need of volunteers, uh, we could then direct, uh, our, our questions there, rallying people around a, a different cause. Uh, so that's definitely uh, been really, really good. Uh, Ursula, I just want to thank you again for being on the podcast today, uh, hearing your story. We're, we're hoping and praying it, it challenges someone. Uh, you said it real, really clear um, about coming back, you know, the kids coming back every year and that type of thing. And we have always said that um, one way to beat poverty is consistency and being a being there for especially students you know our, our mission statement is impacting families living in poverty starting with kids and youth and the whole concept there is once we start working with children and young people that then gives us a bit of a way into the home and we see that all the time um, and so uh, consistency even in that is, is so important. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that out. The only way that the Dream Center can stay consistent is if people get involved. And so we haven't got to close down programs and we haven't got to uh, do things like that. So um, again, check out the website, dreamcenterpeoria.org uh, and you'll find a get involved button just hit on there. Uh, Ursula did that, many hundreds of other volunteers have done that again Ursula thank you so much for being on the podcast today thank you for having me thanks we, Ursula yeah, and, thank and, you too. and we will uh, we'll see Ursula and hopefully so many other volunteers that want to get involved with us uh, again remember to follow us on uh, all the social media during this time at Dream Center Peoria and again our website is where you go for all the information and uh, we are looking forward to seeing you around the Dream Center. And make sure you check out the next edition of the podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Dream Center Peoria podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you know of anyone that would be interested in hearing about what we just talked about, we would encourage you to share this episode with them. Be sure to stay tuned for future episodes. Thanks. Thanks.